Welcome to another episode of Two Guys, One Topic. I'm Ollie. And I'm Liam. And for those that don't know, or if we've got any new listeners, each week we take a topic that we don't know anything about really, and we give ourselves just the, the week to read and research all about it. Uh, the idea being that we share what we feel are the most important pieces of information with you, our listeners. Yes, that's right. And so everybody knows we are not experts in anything that we talk about on the pod. This is just a summary of our findings. Hopefully, by sharing some knowledge with you, we can all learn a little bit more about a whole lot of things. Exactly. So let's get on with this week's topic, which is energy drinks. Okay, Ollie. Energy drinks is this week's topic. Just about sums up the podcast nicely. Something everybody probably knows stuff about, but do they know everything about it like we now know? Or anything about <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we start each week. Uh, let's just find out. What, what did you know before we started? What did you know about energy drinks? Well, I don't really drink them very much. Oh, I, I actually had a couple of energy drinks this week just to remind myself. I've not had them for a long, long time. Um, probably used to have vodka Red Bull. That's probably you know some some of my memories, yep. but one of the things that I did know about energy drinks is that they've got taurine in them, which comes from like bull's testicles or something. That's about the only the yeah. only thing I did know. Yeah. No. Okay. All right. Caffeine. They've got caffeine in, right? Keeps you yes. awake. Yeah. Yeah. Um. How about you? Yeah. No. I, so. So I do drink one. I drink one probably once a week. So I, I go for a long run at the weekend and I don't drink one before I go running. I tend to drink one afterwards to basically, you know, they say it keeps you alert, keeps you awake. I always find, you know, if I've done a two and a bit hour run or something, I'll crash after a little while. So I have, a, I normally get myself, I tend to get myself a, I think it's a monster juiced. Okay. So it's like a juice, like a mango flavored one. Um, and I have one of those and then I normally feel quite awake. They were pretty nice. The yeah. ones that I had this week, yeah, they were they were nice. I like them. Um, I can see my why pro- people do drink them. My problem with the normal flavor ones, like the original, you know, the Red Bull, the the silver and blue one, yeah, or whatever, you know, the the green and black monster. They taste like well, you just said it. They taste like vodka and Red Bull, don't they? <laughs> obviously, but that flavor it just reminds me of drinking alcohol. So I don't like drinking a, a, like a straight plain normal one. I've got okay. to get a flavor one. Yes. So it doesn't taste like that. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And then I think the other thing that I probably heard of but didn't really know why is you sometimes hear that they're not good for you, that they're not healthy, but they yeah. don't seem to market themselves that way. They, you know, it all seems to be good and positive things that they tell you about them. So yeah, I was probably interested to learn a little bit more about that this week. But that, I mean, that's probably the same as though, like any fizzy drinks, isn't it? I, you know, I think. They probably go out of their way to not to not tell you the bad stuff. <laughs> you know, they just say how nice it is and what it yes. does for you, not not necessarily the other side of it. Um, been interesting this week. There's two, there's like two main things I found out that we'll talk about in, uh, later on that I didn't realise. I think, and they're both sort of the opposite of each other. Like I thought one okay. thing, and it's not that, and then the other thing I didn't think is the thing that that I've learned is the problem. I don't know. We'll, we'll mention it a bit later. So, nice, nice tease there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. What's an energy drink then? Do we want to just like, because I reckon there'll be people who are like, oh, don't really know what we're talking about. Yeah, it's probably a, yeah, a good way to start. And to say that 
energy drinks are in a genre of their own in terms of soft drinks. So the things that that makes energy drinks different is that they're beverages that contain ingredients that are marketed to increase energy and mental performance. That's what they're, yeah. they're said to do. So it's almost like, you know, really famously the slogan of Red Bull, Red Bull gives you wings. It's it's that whole thing where it's they're they're marketed to increase energy and performance. Yeah, through additives, caffeine, sugars, legal stimulants, like like things in them that they've added in to improve such performance. Yeah, let you know, not like a Coke or a Sprite. Like, well, that's yeah, that's that's a good point. So that's why they're in sort of their own genre by themselves because it's not like having a a Coke. It's not like just having a, a lemonade or something because of these other additives and the ingredients mm-hmm. that will come onto that they put into them. And they're not, they're not brewed. So we say, you know, coffee and tea that's got caffeine in as well, but you then brew them. So they're, they're slightly different in their own. And then normally yeah. you know, you don't use them as a sports drink so much to replace electrolytes or to replace water. Like yeah. you might think of a, a Lucasade or a Gatorade might do for yeah. you. So yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the thing that makes them up is special about them. And there's there's a few obvious ones. I've just mentioned one. There's some some really big players in the, the market for this. Yeah, thing. I mean, the major two would be Red Bull and Monster, wouldn't they? Like yeah. you were saying, you you have a Red Bull, I'd drink a Monster. Uh, Rockstar, pretty big player in the game as well. Interesting, Red Bull, Red Bull are, are owned by themselves, aren't they? They're just a company. Whereas Monster have since been, they've, they've entered a strategic partnership with Coca-Cola. So <laughs> I don't know if that means Coca-Cola now own them or, or what. Whereas Rockstar was sold to Pepsi a couple of years ago. So I think, you know, Coca-Cola and Pepsi trying to get in on the game here. And it, uh, if I give you a, a hint why that Coca-Cola and Pepsi wanted to get in on the game, it's because in 2022, this number blew my mind for Red Bull in 2022 on the Red Bull website, they say that they sold 11 and a half billion cans of Red Bull. That's mad, Nuts, isn't, isn't it? it? Yeah. The, the global market is about $50 billion, isn't it? And it's estimated that it's just going to go, it will top, they reckon it might top a hundred billion in the next five to 10 years. Yeah. So what, just what you think- energy drinks. Yeah, yeah. So what you've then seen is you've had Monster and Rockstar come about. Pepsi and Cola have thought to themselves, yeah, we need to get a slice of this action. And they did actually, Coke tried to launch its own one. There was one called Coke Jolt, which I've never heard yeah. of. I don't no, remember that at all being a thing. In the 80s, wasn't it? It was a long time so, ago. It was in the 80s, I think. What, did it come and go in the 80s? I think so. And then Pepsi had one called Pepsi AM as well. Yeah. Like, we'll get into the history in a minute. They were, it was in the 80s, just as um, what turned into Red Bull was kicking off uh, yeah. in Japan. But we'll get to that in just a minute. But both of them had these failed attempts at trying to get into the energy drink market, obviously seeing how well Red Bull had done. And then in yeah. the end, just thought better of it. Let's just, buy Pep, uh, let's just buy Monster or let's just buy Rockstar and just own them. Yeah. And the market is going up like crazy percentages. Like Red Bull... like. They're selling like 25% more cans each year over the last few years. Yeah. So, you know, you're saying they've sold 11 something billion. They've only sold 10 something billion the year before that and seven something billion the year before that. Like, that's insane growth, isn't it? So, 
yeah, so you know, it's a it's a pretty big deal uh, whether you're you're in on it or not. And I think just the the dominance that we were saying about Red Bull and Monster is that I was reading in 2022, Red Bull had a, a market share of 43% globally. And okay. then combined Red Bull and Monster, they shared a whopping 82% market share. So that's dominant. But there, there will be so there will be people that won't have heard of them or have heard of them and never drank one. And that's down to the way they market themselves, isn't it? Yeah. Red Bull and Monster both market themselves very similarly. Yes. In that they aim themselves at a very young market. And I don't mean like children, but certainly probably under 30s. Oh, yeah, like 18 to 34-year-olds. And it's all the high adrenaline, high-octane sports. So, yeah, Red Bull had a, a brilliant plan, didn't they? Well, there's even the the Red Bull Formula One team. That's obviously a, yeah. a, a sport that's associated with being fast. But then it's all the adrenaline junkie sports as well, isn't it, that they then have latched onto? Yeah, like mountain biking, snowboarding, uh, BMX, surfing. Uh, what do Red Bull do? Cliff diving, you know, those stunt plane flying. Like it's, it's stuff like that. That in, unless you're, and they they, they want to be hip and cool, don't they? And I think yeah. if you're not that, then they're all right with that because that's you're not who they're marketing it to. And even their, their adverts were really memorable. The Red Bull ones. They were those really like poorly drawn sketches weren't they super simple it didn't seem like they were spending too much money on their their efforts for the adverts and it's just all about the messaging and they're a little bit quirky so yeah appealing to young people i think one of the highest adrenaline things that anyone could do is jump from space <laughs> back down yeah. to earth <laughs> yeah it's felix baumgartner yes that I've was forgotten um... his name forgotten his name felix baumgartner that was sponsored by Red Bull, right? So they they paid for that to happen. Apparently, they spent fifty million dollars on it, right? Fifty million sending them up to space, but it was seen by nearly two billion people, which is estimated to have an advertising value of eight billion dollars. Wow, wow! So like they spent fifty million on it to get eight billion dollars worth of like advertising for free, <laughs> essentially. That must have been a funny conversation. Somebody saying, I've got this idea. It's going to cost 50 yeah. million to do, but trust me, trust me, it will get us <laughs> yeah. So it, it yeah, just seems like Red Bull have just almost said, if you're doing something adrenaline fueled, can we just put our logo on you? A monster sort of do the same. Monster involved in a lot of, um, not UFC, but some of the, the more mixed martial arts, aren't they? And then they're also involved yeah. in some of the, motorbike racing so again they've gone down a similar route of having high adrenaline activity linked with their product because the manufacturers of them they claim that their products boost energy levels and that they boost concentration yeah which i think leads us nicely to like where they came from should we should we just go we don't have to go very far back in time this week okay if we want to talk about history we've only got to get to about the 50s so we're only going back like 70 years we're not <laughs> Very strange to not go back so far. So it was in Japan, right? Go back to like the just after the war. Japan was big into drugs. Okay. <laughs> yeah, just leave it like that. There was there's probably probably fair to say there's maybe a amphetamines were being used a little bit too much just yeah. in, in general day-to-day -day life. So yeah, so yeah, and it, they, they were using them as ingredients in a lot of things, weren't they? Yeah, in drinks and stuff, and uh, yeah. to, to stay alert and awake until there, there was a law passed in the 1950s to stop that happening. 
because it's bad there, for you, obviously. There, there might be there might be some um, energy historian nerds out there who might have heard of something called Doctor Enough, which was in America, yeah. which was just before this. But I don't think it, it was almost more like a, a, a tonic that was a little bit more medicinal. So I don't. In our case here, we're not classing it as an energy drink. It was a bit more of a medicinal I, drink. And I don't think others do. So I think I think what we're about to say is is pretty solidly accepted. So th- these amphetamines were were banned, um, and and lots of Japanese um, businessmen, you know, Japan as a as a country's up and coming. That loads of people are working long hours, so they need to stay alert and awake because they were taking amphetamines. That was banned, and then an energy drink was was born called Lipovitan D. I don't know if I've said that right. Lipovitan. Yeah, that's, that sounds like a, that's going to fly off the shelves, doesn't it? That's lovely, doesn't it? That was called, that was an energizing topic, uh, tonic that was uh, sold in like mini bottles. Um, and again, yeah, marketed to try and help people stay awake as they're getting towards the end of the, the day and the shifts. Looked a lot like cough syrup. Contained taurine, which became quite an important ingredient, which we'll talk about in a little bit later yeah. on. Um, think- and then another one came around, a more important one in the 70s, right? Yes. Yeah. So again, similarly on that same vein of looking and smelling and sort of acting a bit like a cough syrup and even coming in like the brown jar that you'd associate getting cough syrup and medicine coming in. There's another one called Kratting Dang. Well pronounced. If we've got any Thai, uh, was it, uh, was it Thai? I think this was a Thai one, wasn't it? It was a, a Thai drink, yes. um, but being, being sold in Japan and in and around Asia. So it's K-R-A-T-I-N-G-D-A-E-N-G, Kratting Dane, um, a similar drink. And there was a Austrian, I think he sold kitchens, I think. And he was over there and he was tired and he drank some of this drink, this Kratting Dane, and realized, whoa, I'm wide awake now. Yeah. So on diggity. (laughs) So the, the guy that did it, is yeah, was an Austrian businessman called Dietrich Mateschitz, and he was the guy who was then responsible for um, Red Bull, as it will then come to be known as. But this Dietrich Mateschitz, he got off a, a long haul flight, had some of this Kratting Dang, and he felt revitalized after it. And within Kratting Dang, there was the caffeine and everything else that makes the the energy drink an energy drink. But he thought he could probably take this concept adjust it slightly and then be able to sell it around the world and that's exactly what he did he then carbonated it so he made it fizzy and he also added more sugar to it so that it could then in his mind taste a bit nicer and so he ended up coming up with the the new recipe along with the the thai company yeah um yeah they, they teamed up he launched it in europe in about 1987 something like that something like the late 80s changed the name Kratting Dang actually translates to red I can't remember the other word what is it but uh, what's the word gua gua oh yeah a gua is it looks like a bull though doesn't it but it isn't a bull it's a it's like a bison it looks just like one it's like a bovine creature um but yeah he changed the name to red bull um and it just took off in Europe Ten years later, or so, took it to America, nineteen ninety-seven, and that's about where it all kicked off. Yeah, right? we're up and running. 
Yeah, seeing seeing what was happening is that people were looking for alternatives to coffee to be getting their their boost of energy from a drink. And it just all sort of seemed to coincide at the right time, combining it with the the great marketing that they were doing. And it just went from strength to strength. And then um, Rockstar came about in 2001, Monster Energy 2002. And not, you know, from now on, there's just, you know, a bunch of different companies. Um, But yeah, I mean, that's the history of it, really. Started out in Japan as a a replacement for amphetamines. (laughs) Yeah, true. <laughs> Are you not going to give an honor, honourable mention to the rapper Nelly for his drink that he he brought out? Yeah. I, I think I know what this is called, but I'll let you tell me what it's called. So yeah, he brought a drink out in 2003 called Pimp Juice. Yeah. That died I'll, by I'll 2004. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, so that, that didn't really work out too well for Nelly, but there have been loads of different companies trying to jump on the bandwagon ever since and trying to get in on the action. So they all contain very similar ingredients, don't they? Uh, You know, there's some slight differences, but for the most part, there are maybe five or six ingredients that are pretty standard uh, that that make up the bulk of the drink. Um, And I think one of the first things I wanted to Google this week is what exactly is this? When you buy a monster around the top, the very top ring of the, like the can, it says what it's got in there. And it says like B vitamins, something called Uh, L-carnitine, guana, or what's the word guana? Like what is this stuff? It tells me it's good for me. I don't even, literally, how can it advertise? I don't even know what it is. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, completely. And really interestingly, just before we talk about what the reason they all contain it is because they all contain it. It's like a cycle. People who drink energy drinks have heard of these things. So if they are not present in another one, people won't buy them. So when you, they've reduced them, they, they put them in because everyone else puts them in, which is quite an, an interesting thing to read. Yeah, there was. It's, it's, people have heard of these ingredients and think, ah, okay, yeah, that's that ingredient must be needed then, but no one really knows what these ingredients do. And it's also, it's the whole combination of what's in them that makes them special. And I didn't know this until this week when I tried to buy a couple of energy drinks that you get, you get stopped at the till. Yeah. Going going through a self-service thing to check that you're 18, I think. Yeah. I didn't know you had to be 18 to buy an energy drink. There's no alcohol in it. It might be 16. It might be 16, I think, in England. And I think England might be, UK might be one of the only places that have done it. Uh, I'm not sure everywhere is like that. I'm not sure everywhere else in the world is like that. Um, Anyway, should we we rattle through? It's interesting, like you're saying, like some of the stuff we talk about on this podcast is very similar to this. Like they've got an ingredient. People don't really like, they know what they think it does, but there's not really a lot of evidence to back the thing that they're saying that it does. <laughs> and then, so it's like, we can't say one way or the other because nobody else knows. Yeah. So let's start with, should we start with guana? Yeah, guarana. So what <laughs> even is guarana? guarana? Um, so I, I read that it's a, it's a South American shrub. That sounds quite nice, doesn't it? It's quite a, a yep. caffeine potent little shrub. So if you were to to think about its caffeine content in each of the of each part of it, it's four to five percent of it is caffeine, whereas compared to a coffee bean is one to two percent. 
So it's mainly a like a, a caffeine-based ingredient that they add yeah. in. Yeah. Um, apparently, it's got molecules in it that allow the caffeine to release slower into our into your body. So it helps with a long-lasting energy. Um, and the the U.S. Food and Drug Administration consider it quote marks generally recognized as safe. <laughs> That's reassuring, so, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it claims to stimulate waste loss and fight fatigue. But again, like, I don't know. How true is that? But anyway, that's what it is. It's basically, it's a plant that, that is um, basically a caffeine hit, essentially. Yep. Okay. Um, another, so that's one that's always, another one that's always popular in there is ginseng. <laughs> Ginseng's in my shower gel, isn't it? I'm sure it is. <laughs> I'm sure I've got like black pepper and ginseng shower gel. <laughs> Well, it must smell nice as well as being good at giving you energy. <laughs> so this is this is an extract from the root of the ginseng plant, which okay. Um, and uh, apparently, for for those of the, you who are up on your ginseng plants, is the Panax ginseng is the species okay. that's most commonly used. If you are wondering, there might be a different ginseng in your shower gel. Then, so in terms of like, why do they put ginseng into it in the first place? So they think that it, it might increase the uptake of blood glucose by cells in the brain and that there are some tests, just some, some shaky tests that show that if you take some ginseng before some cognitive testing, you do actually do better. So it might actually help your brain function. Possibly. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Uh, I mean, that's sort of the, that, the sort of thing. It, it, there's no evidence to suggest it boosts your energy. It's more like a brain thing. You know, they say it's to do with, you know, you take a Red Bull, boost your energy, boost your brain power, whatever, keeps you alert. So I think this is more, less energy, more brain power, uh, perhaps. So maybe that's why I come out of the shower suddenly, like, I, I can I can remember, like, all the digits of pie and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> when you just rubbed it directly into your head, into your brain. <laughs> yeah. Um, so next one, B vitamins. This is interesting to read. Like there's loads of B vitamins, right? And they're all supposed to do different things. But one thing I did read is if you have too many of them, your body just, just, you just weed them out. Like it doesn't, it, nothing really happens one way or the other. Like loads of these are naturally produced anyway. Uh, and they're just like, is it a marketing ploy to say we're putting some vitamins in there? Yeah. I think that's the argument for it, isn't it? That they put it on the side. You'll be getting your B vitamins by other things anyway, anyway. Yeah. So one of them, for example, the B6 vitamin, which is pyridoxine, which is supposed to boost the immune system and help with brain development. Did you know that? No. I do now. B2. B2 is riboflavin, which aids your metabolism, apparently. But yeah, they essentially put some B vitamins in. Um, if you don't need them, your body will flush them out. It's unlikely to really do. I, I read... Uh, Experts agree that they are unlikely to pep you up despite what the drink labels tout. Yep. Apparently. Yep. So next big one, taurine. We all know that. Oh, yeah, here we go. This comes from the bull, was it bull sperm or bull semen or something like that? Absolutely. It's from the bull testicle. Everyone knows that. That was what went round at school when you were when you were younger. <laughs> it's not though, is it? Oh, it turns out it's not true. It turns out it's not oh, true. Can you believe it? It does come, doesn't it? It's it's it is synthesized in it's like a bull's liver or something like that. So you can get it from a bull. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is definitely, there is a link to bulls for a reason, but it's, it's not the, 
it's not the reason why uh, we were saying. No. So it's an amino acid is what it really is. Uh, we actually naturally produce it. You actually, you know, they, they put it in all sorts of things. It, it comes from breast milk um, and they put it in infant formula and things like that. Uh, it, it helps your brain send messages um, is what, what it does. So to have more of it, you know, the idea being, are oh, your brain is more alert if you've got loads of taurine in you? Um, and, and we can synthesize it, but also it can come from a liver, um, a liver of a bull, I think, or something yes. like that. Yeah, that's so, right. So, yeah, and it's said to boost athletic performance, although, again, evidence is shaky at best. Yeah. And then we move on to maybe the, the two big ingredients that are left to talk about. And these, these will be the ones that people will probably be aware of already. And yeah, this is this yeah. is where you were saying at the beginning you you had some surprises. So let's let's start with caffeine. And caffeine right. is a big part, isn't it? Caffeine is a big part of the marketing. It's on the cans. It's everyone knows it's part of energy drinks. Yeah, caffeine is in there. Yeah, main thing. Right, I got I got to do this. I've got to have my caffeine here. Okay, I need to. This will this will wake me up. You know, I'm gonna um I'm gonna skip this coffee. I'm gonna have a Red Bull. Try and, you know, like you were saying, trying to avoid coffee, find an alternative to a coffee, grab a can of that. It's much easier, you know, maybe cheaper. Um, but it turns out there's not like comparatively, there's not a lot of caffeine in a Red Bull no. compared to a cup of coffee, which yeah. is unbelievable. And it's fair to say, and this will this will change slightly by the coffee or by the energy drink or the brand or the coffee shop, whatever it might be. But by the by an energy drink has half the amount of caffeine that you get in a cup of coffee. Yeah. This is if you buy the normal, like the, the 250 milligram milliliter can of Red Bull, you know, the, that small slim one that you can hold. Yeah. The one that probably most people buy, you can get monster rockstar. They're all come that size. They all have about 80 milligrams of caffeine in almost exactly on the nose. And a cup of coffee is like you're saying pretty much double that. But like you're saying, you know, we might have a coffee connoisseur go, oh, actually, uh, I can find a coffee with way more in or way less in. But generally speaking, yes, uh, yeah, it's about half a cup of coffee. But then think about you're talking about the small, thin 250 mil. I don't know what that translates to for the US or people who work in ounces. Eight, what, like, it's like eight ounces, eight ounce, I think. Eight, yeah. Yeah. Like, a, like an eight ounce can. So that has half the amount of coffee that you'd get in a normal coffee, like a regular coffee. But quite often, it's the 470 mil or the 16 ounce cans, those bigger cans that people buy. So yeah. then you're then getting, like comparatively, a, a similar amount as a yeah, coffee. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they'd have the same amount in. Um, yeah, um, you you can you you can get there is a, a one. Uh, I wonder if I can find it quick enough. There's one called Spike Hardcore Energy that has nearly 200, uh, 400 milligrams in in a 16 ounce can. So wow. two and a half times as much as a Red Bull, like that's proper caffeine. Um, the limit, the recommended limit for an adult is about 400 milligrams of caffeine a day. So three-ish quite strong coffees probably. Yep. So, I mean, you know, if we're talking about those little Red Bulls, you'd have to have five of them a day just to hit your limit of caffeine. And that that is what blew my mind a little bit this week because, you know, I thought, and like you were saying, oh, it's just full of caffeine. Don't yeah. drink it because it's the ca caffeine will get you and you'll overdose on caffeine and it'll make you all jittery. And But unless you're having quite a lot of them, you're not going to have as much as if you were having a few cups of coffee yeah. a day. Yeah. 
And then this is where it then links into the other big surprise that I think we both came across this week, which is the the final main ingredient that we've not spoken about, which is sugar. And there's loads of sugar. It's so much sugar in them, isn't it? And that is the reason why why that they're not very good for you, why they're perceived to be not yes. very good for you because of the and amount of sugar that you get. I mean, do you just want to tell us about the amount of spoonfuls that's in a, a small can of Red Bull? Yeah, so the small the small eight-ounce can of Red Bull or Rockstar or Monster, they all have about 30 grams of sugar in, which is about seven or eight teaspoons. Now, the recommended amount of sugar for an adult is about nine teaspoons and, and even like six for a woman, apparently. So one can of Red Bull is just about your sugar intake for the day. And that that doesn't include anything else you're going to eat all day long or if you have two of them. Yeah. So you're just absolutely spiking your sugar intake massively. And obviously there is evidence that high sugar intake does create issues with like blood pressure, weight gain diabetes and all those things. So and yeah, that was, that was those two things that the lack of caffeine and the, the, what's the opposite of lack, the abundance of sugar. Yes. I think was the, like they, a bit back to front. I didn't really realize it was that, that way around. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. That was a big surprise for me this week, but it's also that the, the sugar, your body, when it has too much sugar, it just turns it into fat. So yeah. you then, you know, you, you, it's not like we were saying the B vitamins, you can have as many of those as you like because your body will just get rid of them. They'll just put them through and you end up weighing them out. Whereas with the sugar, your body can't convert it into anything useful. Um, and so you just end up, yeah, just converting it into fat, which obviously then leads on to those other health implications that we were saying about. Yeah. So, yeah. So ingredients wise, I mean, that's what's in them. Basically we've got four things that they don't really know what it does and doesn't really do much. There's no evidence, but then you've got the caffeine, which is perhaps a little bit lower than I'd imagine most people thought. And then the sugar, that's probably a boatload higher than a, you can get zero sugar ones though. So perhaps we should look into that. Maybe we should look at that before like our end of season recap. Yeah. Okay. Think about it. Yeah. Cause they they are bringing out zero sugar ones. So perhaps we should just look into that before we absolutely slate them. Yeah. But certainly a full sugar one is definitely going to be bad for you. So the thing with it is you've got this combination of ingredients and they do actually provide that level of alertness and that ability to keep people, you know, a bit more energized than what they would have had yeah. if you just had a, you know, a glass of water or just drank some squash yeah. or some juice. So it is true, but scientifically, they don't really fully understand how it all comes together to then do this for you. Like we obviously know caffeine mm-hmm. is a big thing. Caffeine's a big one in the perceived improvement of performance and yeah. um but that you you by having caffeine you then don't register that you're as tired as well it yeah. like masks yeah. your tiredness doesn't it but it's the other things that they put into it where it's having effects where they don't really know but there, there are multiple studies to confirm that energy drinks do improve your brain function and they do improve your memory and your concentration yeah. and your reaction time whilst reducing fatigue but there's there's not a whole lot known like properly why it does it yeah and also having to you know it's it's that you know they'll say the same thing it's to be consumed as part of a healthy diet oh yeah in moderation yeah don't drink five of them if two of them's enough that sort of thing 
Um, and that's also why then, because of all this sugar that's in it and the caffeine and them being marketed to a younger generation is that they then put the blocker on the tills in the UK, at least for you then not be able to buy yeah. it if you're like school children. Yeah, well, that was quite an interesting big chunk of uh, learning that was on our part. Obviously, in the UK, they're thinking that it, it can be bad for you and people are thinking, well, you know, it is bad for you. There's there's lots of bad things in it. You know, should you be having them? But there was one woman who quite went viral, wasn't there? Who was thinking that Monster Energy is actually part yeah. of the devil. She really goes yeah. against it. Yeah, she went full. In. And I think this is a bit like what we learned about fortune telling, how, you know, if you're trying to find a, a pattern in something, you probably can find it. And uh, <laughs> if you look at the red book, um, the monster, the can of monster, the, the three sort of slashes for the M, they look a lot like, I think it's, it's the Hebrew number 666, I think, something like That's that. It. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's called monster. It's a claw, isn't it? It's like a monster's clawed the can with three claws. And it's saying that individually, each of those claws, those lines, because they they don't touch properly, that they look like in Hebrew the letter Vav, which is also the number six, and so you could end up yeah. with on the can six six six, which is obviously associated with the devil. But I don't know why it would be in Hebrew. I don't know why she's decided that. Also, it doesn't help that the company's logo is to unleash the beast. <laughs> yeah. So, right. yeah, that's the other thing. <laughs> and then the final. I did, one I did read. Said, the final one that she said as well is that in the O of the monster, M-O, it's actually got a cross in there as well. So Christianity and a cross and then it's obviously the devil going against it. I don't know. I read a marketing guy say, uh, you know, after this, like the um, the number of companies that people have come out, come again, come after, you know, saying that this is a devil, devil worship, you know. Like you can find it in a lot of things and it's just complete rubbish. So, I mean, I mean, maybe it isn't, but it seems a bit far-fetched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there are other people who really go after the big energy drink companies with lawsuits and going after them, claiming that, say, their, their children had two cans of Monster within a 12-hour period and then unfortunately died. There's been a number of... Um, wow like legal court cases over in the US, particularly where people have been trying to say that it's actually led to death. But the, I think that the defense that they've got from the, the energy drink companies is that there would be some other underlying health issues that were going, yeah. they can never yeah, yeah, like yeah. directly say, well, it was just because you drank two of yeah. our cans that that yeah. then unfortunately killed you. So yeah. there's not like a, a, a direct correlation there. There's always something else. Yeah, it's like this that um that spike in sugar or caffeine will ramp up the heart heart rate or blood pressure or you know, and then and then that brings up something that was already there that perhaps they didn't know about, isn't it? Is yes. You know, you, you actually have got a bad heart that nobody knew about until your heart started racing and and you know. Yeah. Um okay. And then the other one is that that was good fun in terms of when they're marketed to, to young people or younger people, or they were marketed at people, say, at university to help keep them awake when they were studying, what people then naturally do that we were saying about is you would then mix them with alcohol. So you then yeah. 
<laughs> so I, I don't know that they, they market them to university people. Is that to help study or is that to help with them partying? I don't know. Yeah, the thing being with it is obviously the caffeine will mask the tiredness and the effects of being inebriated and being drunk. And then it will, it, you know, two things, either you end up drinking more or you feel so alert that perhaps you can drive and you shouldn't be driving, that yeah. sort of thing. And there's, there's some issues around just quite how much people mix it with alcohol and and what comes up of it having done so. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the, the alcohol sort of inhibits your ability to do something, maybe makes you a little bit drowsy, but then the caffeine and the sugars and everything in it make you think like, ding, yeah, I can do something. Mm-hmm. I can run and jump over that bog or whatever it might be or I can drive my car or whatever I'm alert enough to do that and so there, yeah. there was a there was spikes in um in hospital admissions by people getting drunk and having energy drinks at the same time there was one in the US called Four Loco I don't know if you've ever had it before but nope it had to get taken off the shelves because uh it was causing too much trouble in the US um these big cans of alcohol and an energy drink together but they then they then removed the energy and made it a bit more of a like a fermented beverage that people can then have. But yeah, it's it's a known thing that can be an issue by mixing the two of them together. So what does the future hold for energy drinks then? Because we said about them um, basically going bananas money-wise and just revenue increasing. I know that you would just add a quick look into what might happen, like where they're going next. Yeah, it's all those additional flavours. It made me laugh, actually, you saying that you associate Red Bull with the taste of alcohol now, but you'll have the berry yeah. one or the mango one or whatever. And yeah. apparently that's yeah. that's just going to keep on happening. So like innovations in flavors is going to be really big for them, they expect, which will help fuel them get into that 100 billion as a, a market size. Um, I think there are things out there at the moment, even like watermelon and strawberry flavors. Red Bull have even brought out a coconut berry flavor. So they're just basically just mixing all these different flavored groups to come up with a new a new thing to keep people excited and keep trying them. And then the other part of it, I was reading about this week, and I saw it on the shelves actually when, when I was paying attention, was around the natural energy drinks. Have okay. you seen about these or heard about these? Yeah, um, my good friend Dwayne The Rock Johnson's got his own one, Zoa. Yes. Uh, so um, yeah, they they claim to have natural ingredients, and and like my my thinking is like, so a lot of the ingredients we said earlier, the caffeine and the sugar and the B vitamins, like you can get them naturally, like like guana is a natural caffeine. So does that mean you fill it up with natural caffeine? But does that make it any better? Like. Like kids drinking apple juice, right? Apple juice has got loads of sugar in it, but that's natural, natural sugar, but it's yeah. still bad for them. Yeah. So I could make an energy drink full of natural sugars and natural caffeine. Does that, does that make it any better? Or is it, is it still bad? Cause it's still <laughs> full of sugar and still full of caffeine. Like I suppose they, I they don't can know. put on the side of their tin though, on the side of their can, that it is a, is a natural, uh, like natural is a, is a big thing, isn't it? To be able to say. So what actually happens with, Monster Red Bull and the big ones is there's a lot of synthetic. So there's a lot of man-made like caffeine or man-made ingredients that go into it. So they wouldn't be able to say that. So these natural ones in time might have the edge over some of the more traditional ones, because if they're marketing themselves as all natural and people are getting more health conscious and what have you with it, you never know. We might be talking about a Zoa in a few years time. 
Yeah, all right. Well, that about wraps up the um, the learning for the week. I have got a pretty cool takeaway, though. I say yeah. cool. This is classic, Liam. Take some data and turn it into something else. Okay, nice. Go on, you let us know then. So what's your two guys, one topic takeaway? So the country that drinks the most energy drinks is America, right? Okay. Per person. So per person in America, right? This is mental just to begin with. Per person in America, the amount of energy drinks consumed each year is about 28 litres per person. Okay. 28 litres. That's 14 of those big Coke bottles per person. Wow. Right? There are 332 million people in the USA. Now, obviously, they don't all drink that. That's spread out amongst them all. So someone's obviously drinking boatloads more than that. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, if you're drinking one a day, you're doing 18 and 180 litres a year, aren't you? You know, yep. one, one 500 milk. Anyway, that's beside the point. So the amount drunk by the USA alone would fill Wembley Stadium nine times <laughs> energy drink. <laughs> <laughs> I had to look at the cubic footage of Wembley Stadium. So if you've ever been in Wembley Stadium, our listeners in England, right, it's cavernous. It is absolutely, in, you know, such a huge bowl. You could fill that up nine times over with just America's energy drink consumption. And I thought, well, we have got some listeners in America. So what would be the equivalent of that? So that would be five of the MetLife Stadium in New Jersey, which is enormous as well. Okay. So, if you're at MetLife Stadium in New Jersey, just outside New York, uh, you could fill that up five times with the amount of energy drink drunk by Americans in a year. Do, but do you know, I was half expecting you to tell me Red Bull's 11 and a half billion cans would get you to the sun and back <laughs> twice. I could do that quickly. I never, <laughs> probably know that distance. I'm, I'm back in my hand now. <laughs> <laughs> so let me tell you then. So my two guys, one topic takeaway is that Red Bull doesn't actually give you wings after all. <laughs> no way. Yeah, end of end of takeaway. No, no, no. So what happened was Red Bull got caught up in a lawsuit in the US and people said to them that it had been misleading, that it doesn't actually give them wings and it was a bit dishonest in terms of their slogan, that it didn't give them the energy boost like significantly more than what an average cup of coffee would. So they said yeah. it was misleading. The court agreed that it was misleading. And Red Bull was ordered. So for anybody in the US who bought at least one can of Red Bull between the year of 2002 and 2014 could apply for a $10 voucher from Red Bull. What? They didn't have to have any proof that they had bought a can of Red Bull in that time. And it was just you having to contact Red Bull because their slogan was misleading. That's mental. On how many people did that? So they reckon that the cash equivalent of that set them back about $13 million. Wow. That's amazing. So yeah, pretty interesting. You didn't even have to prove that you had a can of Red Bull in that time. Just sign up and get one. So can you still do it, I wonder? Should we try and contact them, see if we can get away <laughs> I think there was, it was time limited for about six months. So it was a couple of years ago that that went through. But yeah, so just say Red Bull doesn't give you wings. And if you look now on their, their website, if you see the word wings anywhere, it's the I is spelt with about four or five I's to distinguish yeah, like itself from, yeah, to yeah. say it's not actually proper wings. So it's really clear. It's just marketing and not over-promising something. Wow. 
that's pretty cool. I like that one. Nice. Right, well, that about sums up our episode on energy drinks, Sam. Yeah, I like it. So they originally started to help people in Japan, like long-haul truck drivers or factory workers. Oh, I meant to say, like for the truck drivers, you get those really small ones, don't you? Yeah, they're called energy shots. So they're just basically everything condensed down into like a super concentrated version and it's just a shot. And it's so you don't get the the volume of intake. So you'll be needing to pull your truck over and go for a wee every stop. Yeah. So you just get yeah. the a little shot of them to then uh, to then help you stay awake and alert. But yeah, so as you said earlier, I think you hit the nail on the head. What did you say? It was started in Japan because they were having too many amphetamines. <laughs> yeah, to replace their their drug problems. Um, um, yeah, uh, I think though the the two things that you know, like I can't believe there's as I say as little, but there's definitely not as much caffeine in it as perhaps everybody thinks and yep. you'd need to be you know if you get the bigger can it's probably uh, equal to a coffee but even being equal to a coffee i was sure that there was low you know like a, a loads of caffeine and it's re- the yeah. caffeine's really bad for you yeah but you know you have to get a big can to equal a coffee and just that the sugar content is basically your daily allowance so if, if you're gonna have one get a sugar-free one probably yeah absolutely interesting Interesting. So many cans of Red Bull. 11.5 billion sold every year. Just going from strength to strength. Nice. We hope you've enjoyed the episode. Uh, We'd love to hear from you, hear your thoughts or or what your thoughts are on energy drinks if you use them and consume them yourself. Get in contact with us at Two Guys One Topic. You can do that on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. We'll be back with you next Tuesday with a new episode. But until then, Get out there and share some energy drinks knowledge.